Welcome to the podcast version of Police Science Doctor, the online resource bridging the gap between research and investigative practice. For police personnel who go the extra mile. For academics who want to connect better with investigative practitioners. On YouTube and on policesciencedoctor.com. Hello everyone, this is Suzanne Knabernicol from Police Science Doctor. And I'm bringing to you the three weekly police science snippets as usual. Those police science snippets are basically little bits of public academic, published academic research that has come out recently that I think might be relevant to you, the frontline practitioner in law enforcement, military, intelligence, and all these kinds of services, because you probably don't have the time or the access even to go through these academic journals and try and find out what the latest scientific findings are that might actually help you do your job. So I try to do that for you. The whole mission of Police Science Doctor is to bring research and practice together. So for the three science snippets that I've selected for this week, the first one is about rape case attrition. Attrition is obviously when um, somebody reports a rape and is initially supportive of the investigation and then drops out and refuses to engage anymore or support the investigation and the prosecution. Um, this study looked at police officers' decision-making in rape cases and how that shapes the attrition of cases. Because for rape cases, the attrition rate is very, very high. Um, from the victim's perspective. It was found that police officers prioritize and continue with cases that they predict to be most likely to reach a conviction, largely trying to predict how likely a jury would be to convict the suspect. However, the participants in that study also reported that they find it incredibly difficult to accurately predict jury verdicts, which makes this whole decision premised on a false logic. So the way... Um, a police officer sees a case progressing, obviously has an impact on victim confidence in continuing with the case and going through um, something that is probably a very, very upsetting and traumatic process in terms of going through the investigation. And I guess if the police officer is very unconfident that this case is going to go anywhere, that's not going to motivate the victim very much to stay on. And they might be thinking that it's unlikely to go anywhere because they can't see a jury convicting the suspect based on what they have at the time. Now, the study is saying, well, that, that is what police officers are basing their decisions on and then consciously or unconsciously, you know, passing that vibe on to the victim. But they also, police officers also find it very difficult to predict what the jury is going to say. So they're making this whole decision for themselves um, on they're building that on very shaky ground is basically what this research is saying. And uh, so anyone working in rape investigations, um, maybe have a think about, you know, how do you make these decisions? What do you communicate? How do you see a case progressing? Do you work it any differently based on whether the, you think it's going to go anywhere or not? And is that really what we should be basing our decisions on? How likely it is to convict someone? Or should we have different decision-making processes? The second snippet for this week is about the detection of deception in either native speakers or non-native speakers. A review of research found that there is a lie bias um, when judging non-native speakers and a truth bias when judging native speakers when assessing their statements. So if you're trying to work out whether somebody's statement is truthful or deceptive, if they are giving that statement in their native tongue, and that is also your language, you're more likely to believe it than if it's given in a language that is not their first language. And that is very, very um, significant, I think, because we're such an international planet. Um, I live 
live and work in England. I'm not English. English is my third language. And obviously, does, does that mean that perhaps I would be given less credibility if I were to report something because I speak with an accent? But apparently it does. And the third snippet for today, free account face in suspect interviews. Asking suspects for a free account at the beginning of the interview. So that's where you ask them, you know, just, just tell me everything from the beginning to the end without giving them any specific structure or instructions or any prompts. Um, so that does not overall yield as much information as the later, more gradual disclosure phases. However, it might be useful um, for prompting more guilty suspects to provide a confession. So in this research, they did, um, did a mock study where um, half the suspects were then interviewed uh, with, you know, having asked them to give a free account face at the beginning, the other half were interviewed, not giving that um, instruction, not asking for the free account face in the beginning. And in the, in the, in the group that was given, was asked to give a free account initially, they had um, quite a bit, quite a few more confessions than in the other one. It was relatively small numbers. Um, so obviously that needs replicating, but it's very interesting. And, um, something that we should be looking at further. So that was the snippets for this week. What I do want to make you aware of as well is this conference, which um, I've been plugging for quite a while now. It's the Exceptional Policing Conference. It's a 24-hour live broadcast. First time this has ever been done. Starting on the 12th of October, go to globalebpconference.com to register. You can sign up as an organization. You can sign up as an individual, globalebpconference.com. And I'm sure you'll find some really interesting stuff in there. I know about some of the research that's going to be presented there, and it's really worth watching. It's 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 basically stuff that we should know and that we should be doing um, and integrating into our ways of working. So until next week, I'll speak to you soon, and I hope you have a fantastic time until then. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this content useful. You can get access to each episode's transcript with key learning points, timestamps, and references if you get yourself onto my mailing list. Just go to the main website on policesciencedoctor.com and on the bottom of each page you will find a sign-up form for notifications of new content. Just enter your first name, your preferred email address, and the type of organization you work for. You will not get any spam. This is just for me to let you know about new content and for you to get access to all the transcripts.